this week we are grabbing another adulting book from my bookshelf. This week's featured book is titled Broke Millennial by Erin Lowry. Her sense of humor throughout the book is everything, and she helps us to get our financial lives on track using a shame-free approach. Let's get into it. You are listening to an episode of That Millennial, a podcast where we discuss everything that comes with adulting. Hi, I'm Genesis Michaela, a 20-something college grad living at home to save money, pay off debt, and to build my business. I'm also a dog mom, a creative, and a student for life. Here, you can listen to, learn from, and connect with adult millennials from around the world. I get it. Adulting can be hard, but together we can literally do anything. Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Genesis Michaela and you are listening to another episode of That Millennial. What up though? How have you been? I'm finally eligible to get the vaccine, so I made an appointment and it's in a few days and I'm like kind of nervous because I only want to get Moderna because I've heard more positive reviews about that one than the other ones. Um, I will keep you guys updated. Wish me luck. Now let's get right into the one thing I absolutely cannot live without this week. This week, I absolutely cannot live without the lady from my local post office. I don't know about you guys, but the post office rules and pricing systems have always been confusing to me. I honestly used to feel so overwhelmed when I would go to like mail a package and it didn't have a prepaid label on it. And it's because no one really taught me about the rules and pricing and all that stuff. Like, for instance, first class sounds expensive because first class, but really, it's usually one of the cheapest options. And these are the things that I had to learn. And you know what helped me a lot though with this? Stamps.com. But I will talk more about stamps in a later episode. But back to the post office lady. She's like the OG at the post office I go to and she's always very friendly and she guides me through the process of mailing a package and explaining why each option would be better or worse. And I just really appreciate her because some people at the post office are super not here for helping beginners in life like me and you. My local post office lady though is super dope. We talk about my acting career and all that jazz, and she's helped me to mail my headshots out and everything, so I'll be forever grateful for her kind OG spirit. This is just a little shout out, but if you have someone that you see regularly in your neighborhood, let them know how much you appreciate them. That could really make someone's day and also incentivize them to keep up the great work. Now let's hop right into our topic for today. Today's book on my adulting reading list is Broke Millennial, Stop Scraping By and Get Your Financial Life Together by Erin Lowry. 
Erin Lowry is a millennial personal finance expert, so she's one of us, and she's all about being open about money and having money conversations with people in your life. She believes in eradicating the shame and guilt a lot of us feel about our money situations. I actually featured her book as one of the things I love on episode one, How to Survive in Your Online Class. Go check it out. But I wanted to do more of a deep dive in this episode. While I was doing some preliminary research on Erin, I came across a podcast episode she was featured on, and the topic of splitting the bill with friends at dinner came up. She then went ahead to reference a conversation she had with someone about this same topic, and they presented this question. Do you want to feel the embarrassment or the resentment? And I was like, yes! So when I was going out and having dinner with my friends in the city and going to bars and clubs, I always split the check and not evenly, but I paid for what I ordered and the tip on the amount I ordered. And I realized that I had quite a few friends who would order all the things and then want to split the bill evenly. Meanwhile, I'm like, um, I ordered an appetizer and a water with lemon. I am not paying for your appetizer, your meal, your dessert, and your two cocktails. No. And sometimes it was awkward, but I always stuck to my guns and I didn't have any resentment because my boundaries were in place and my finances weren't in ruins due to peer pressure. Okay, now let's get back to the author. (laughs) So Erin's internet presence really started from her website, BrokeMillennial.com, and then that website morphed into this amazing book that I have on my bookshelf today, Broke Millennial. So let me first say this. There are so many takeaways that you can get from this book, but I wanted to narrow it down um, because they're literally like gems on every page. But, you know, I wanted to keep it, you know, quick and to the point so that you guys can just get the book for yourselves and you'll, you'll know what I mean. You'll know what I mean. So here are the five takeaways that I got from reading Broke Millennial. Number one, your money mindset is the key to your financial success. So the mindset piece ranges from chapters one to three, and Erin is actually all about skipping around and learning from the different chapters in a non-sequential way, but she does recommend that you start with the mindset chapters first because your money mindset is crucial when it comes to making changes surrounding your finances and your life as a whole. She talks about the importance of getting clear about the relationship you have with money and she walks you through how to get to this point and then move forward in a positive way. Number two, budgeting is a good thing. So we are taught to believe that budgeting is limiting and bad and overwhelming and Erin states that budgeting should make you feel empowered, not overwhelmed. And really, the way that you can make budgeting a positive experience is by identifying your unique budgeting style. So uh, whether you're type A or type B. So I personally call my budget an expense tracker and it's just housed in a Google sheet and I just record every single transaction because I'm type A. And it's not restrictive, but just like a helpful guide that informs me of what's happening with my money. And I like that because... Y'all know I got control issues. Like, I need to know what's happening with my money. Where is is it in? Is it out? How much? What? There was a charge? When? 
I need to know. And I think people shy away from creating a budget or an expense tracker or anything like that is because they want to be lied to. And baby, these numbers don't lie and people do not want to know the truth about their numbers. So again, that just goes back to the mindset piece of understanding your relationship with money and where you ultimately want your relationship to go. And you really just have to ask yourself, like, how deep are you willing to go with your money? Takeaway number three, don't stick to the status quo. Do your own research. So in chapter five, Erin discusses the fact that so many of us millennials are still just doing what our parents are doing, when in all actuality, this could be um, to the detriment of our financial success. So I believe my parents have savings accounts at like brick and mortar banks where the interest rate is low AF and they charge you for not keeping a certain amount in your account at any given time and you can't save for multiple things and you have to open a separate account or you just have to have a huge amount of money in one account even though you have hella other goals. So this is why I have a savings account with an online only bank that offers savings accounts with no fees or minimums but they offer high interest rates so that my money can compound over time and I can save from multiple different goals at once, which I love. This is the same when it comes to like doctors too. You know, you just go to your parents' doctor until you're like, I don't really like this person. (laughs) So I was going to my mom's doctor And I always hated it because the doctor would never took me seriously and she was just always running out the room and it sucked. And I finally said F this and I realized like I no longer had to just default to my parents choices and that was just freeing and it just makes me feel like I'm adulting correctly. Takeaway number four, your credit score and what's on your credit report matters. So in chapter six through seven, she breaks down all things credit. At the time I was reading the book, I was in some deep credit card debt problems. And you guys, if you listen to the episode, you know all about that. And these chapters were paramount to helping me to climb out of the abyss. So I actually have a little, y'all know me, I have an excerpt. Page 78 um it says don't believe these credit myths and she has just a whole bunch of um, myths and truths so i'm gonna read this paragraph or two myth i should carry a balance month to month on my credit card and then she has truth no this is my pet peeve about credit scores you absolutely 100 percent unequivocally do not need to carry a balance on your credit card to build and maintain a strong credit score instead you should utilize no more than 30 percent of your available credit limit and then pay it off on time and in full when the bill comes due This myth is likely rooted in a misunderstanding of the fact that you do need to show utilization on your credit card bill. If you make a purchase on your credit card but pay it off before the end of the billing cycle, then your credit card bill says you've made $0 in purchases and owe $0. Even though you actually use the credit card, the credit bureaus often just see the report that you use $0. This might sound like you're super responsible, but in reality, all they see is, hey, this person might not be responsible as a borrower because she's not even using her card to prove she can handle paying it off on time. 
What you want is for your credit card statement, the bill, to show at least one small charge. And then as soon as the bill comes in, you pay it off on time and in full. This way, you're proving that yes, you can handle using the credit card, but you're also not paying any interest to the bank. This information was life changing because I remember just like trying to pay my bill off early but it's like it wasn't even a bill yet like you didn't get the statement yet you have to wait until the statement uh closes and they send you the statement and then you pay it before they say that there's a due date you could pay it right after this they send you the statement but don't pay it before because then they're not going to report anything they're going to say oh there was zero dollars just like she was saying so i tell people this all the time this is such a hack it's just crazy because you think you're like doing everything right and then you're like oh that makes sense on page 90 she talks about uh, paying more than the minimum. Um, and I'm just going to read one little quote here. It's almost as if that's what you're supposed to pay. It's not. It's what the credit card company wants you to pay. You're supposed to and should pay the the full balance due. Um, so, She's just basically saying pay your balance in full every month, but if you aren't able to, always pay some of your balance, but always pay more than the minimum because the minimum balance game is a trap. And yes, it keeps you compliant, but if you don't have a 0% interest APR, you're racking up interest charges on the bill you didn't pay off in full every single month. So you're prolonging the time it takes you to pay your balance off, thus paying more than you originally had to in the first place. When I was paying off my credit card debt, all of my cards were still in the promotional 0% APR. However, I made it a point to pay more than the minimum balance on the card I was focused on paying off within a given time. So my minimum balance was usually $35. So I would pay $200 um, and I would put that towards it. And then again, and with my expense tracker, I would just pay an extra $50 or an extra $100, but I would always make sure that I paid at least the minimum and this helped me to pay down the balance quicker and every time I paid more I knew the credit lender was salty and that just gave me a sense of satisfaction. <laughs> Takeaway number five, you don't need to have hella money to speak with a certified financial planner. So Aaron effectively breaks down the myth that you need to be hella wealthy to hire a financial planner. She talks about the differences between a certified financial planner, a CFP, versus a financial advisor. And she talks about how it's important to know the differences. In this chapter, she puts you on game, okay? She talks about the red flags, what to look for, why a CFP is most times a better option because of the credentials they need to actually become a CFP. And she just talks about the cost of working with the CFP, which is helpful. Um, you know, you could have a one-off session, you could do monthly sessions, you could just do like a huge like comprehensive financial plan development. There are so many levels, which means they're going to be different costs associated with um, working with a certified financial planner. So you don't have to feel like, oh my God, I don't have like $30,000 a month to spend on a certified financial planner to get my financial life together. It's like, no, you might only have to spend $100 to speak with them for like an hour or two, you know? 
know so and that might be all that you need every so often so you know just check it out this book is a godsend for us millennials i really mean that it's helped me so much i no longer feel like i'm just getting by or that i'm too young to be talking about finances and saving for retirement i feel empowered and confident in my ability to one day not be a broke millennial but a wealthy one If you are tired of being confused about money topics and you just want to finally understand your finances in a non-judgmental, hilarious way, buy this book today. I will link Erin Lowry's book, Broke Millennials, Stop Scraping By and Get Your Financial Life Together in the show notes. I swear, guys, I'm about to reread this entire book again because it's that good. You guys already know that I would love to read some of the books that you guys like, and that could ultimately help us to adult better. So send a DM to That Millennial Podcast on Instagram with some suggestions. Let your girl know. We will be back with another episode next week. Be sure to text this episode to a friend who is trying to get their finances in order. And please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at That Millennial Podcast, where you will be the first to know when we drop new and amazing episodes. Have a great day, guys, and happy adulting. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of That Millennial. If you found the information useful, you can let us know by subscribing to the podcast and by leaving us a five-star rating and review. Click on the link in the show notes to check out everything mentioned in today's show. You can also find us on Instagram at That Millennial Podcast. Have a great rest of your week. Love you. Bye.